You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. Only pass from Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, centers, goal! Leopold's a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends it along back to Leopold. And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues, and it's Leopold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leopold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery. Guys, this is episode number 39, 11 away from number 50. If you're counting them down just like I am, that's the one that's going to feature my dad, Brian. Holy shit, hold on for that one. Uh, I don't know if anyone's read the Sportsnet article. My dad was literally combing the streets of East Hastings in Vancouver, uh, you know, turning over overdose bodies you know scared that it was going to be me uh and if he would have been down there on certain days it very well could have been so uh, i'm just thankful to be alive guys i'm certainly grateful um to be where i'm at and to be able to share my story with all of you so thank you for listening um if this is your first time listening thank you so much hang on it's uh it's one hell of a ride uh we're gonna get right into the episode uh i don't have a whole lot of time with my guest uh, we got to hop right into it, so my intro's shortened. Maybe I'll talk a little at the end. Uh, let's get right in to episode 39. Langdale goes after far corner, half drop back in front, overskates it. Here's Ryan. Let's a shot go, roll the wide. Langdale has it back in front, he'll turn, let a shot go. Ryan scores! Oh, there it is! Terry Ryan got it, number 58, baby! Oh, man! Look at the new go! Oh, oh, oh. Woo! It's his second of the evening and 50th of the season. Give it to number 20, Terry Ryan. Early now, steals the puck, drops it off for Ryan, kicks out at left circle. Early on a shot, goal! Oh, it's over! It's over! It's
Tri-City, Terry Ryan. Terry Ryan is the man. He's big, 6'1", 207 pounds. He had 207 penalty minutes. It's a remarkable story, and I know they're all excited back at the Don Cherry's restaurant there in downtown St. John's. Terry Ryan Jr. got a big hug from Terry Ryan Sr., and this kid at the age of 14 left his home in Newfoundland and moved all the way across to Quinnell, B.C. He played as a 14-year-old in the Rocky Mountain Junior League. A guy, this guy's at 20 or 21. In the very first game he played, there was a huge bench-clearing brawl, and he got beat up and beat up bad, and that showed the kind of determination that he had to stay on and become a star scorer with the Tri-City Americans. I, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm lost for words, uh, particularly. You know, if you're in Newfoundland, it seems like you're Toronto, you're a Montreal fan, and I had no idea at all he was going to Montreal. I'm, I'm lost. Terry, you move across the country at age 14, uh, pursuing a dream. Is this the dream day? Uh, this is definitely the dream. I've never, I, I still, I, I can't believe it. I mean, I'm just, I'm in shock. I, uh, it hasn't kicked in yet. I mean, this is the, the day I've been waiting for it since I started playing hockey. And uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I thank everybody along the way, my parents, my friends, everybody. And this is just unbelievable. I can't remember ever being happier than that, ever in my life. I was just... Uh, He's a good goal scorer, he's a good fighter, he's a good body checker. He's going to be a big man for the Montreal Canadiens many years to come. Got a fight going now. Terry Ryan again. Yep. Oh, and he's rapid fire with a right hand. Driving away. My goodness. He has Barnaby. Going. Going. And just about. Well, the coach told me this morning that he was going to let Terry Ryan see plenty of ice time tonight. We have to see what he can do. This nope. is his second major. And Barnaby's saying, don't come in, don't come in. Look at him saying, I don't want you to come in here. Let us keep going. What a great fight that was. Well, that's Terry Ryan for the Canadians, a rookie, Bob Buchner, a veteran for Buffalo. Ryan comes in with the reputation as a tough guy, out of junior into the American Hockey League, and I think the fans appreciated his efforts. Terry Ryan is one of those players who last year, for example, sat out most of the season because of a concussion problem. Uh, and Don Cherry's pretty pleased to see you come back. Uh, let's uh, put into words, Terry, what you're feeling to get on Hockey Night in Canada tonight after all you've been through in the last uh, year and a half. I mean, it's a dream come true, and I just uh, knock on wood, everything, you know, goes well from here. Yeah. But he was a first-round pick. He only played eight games. He got a concussion. Remember, he was one of our favorites. Absolutely. The book is called Tales of a First Round Nothing, subtitled My Life as an NHL Footnote. In between, I had a major, major league concussion when I was 19, and I don't talk about it much in the book because it was a real bad memory and I'd like to ignore it. But I, uh, and it was a hit. I never got anything from fighting, ever. I never, it was, and I fought the toughest guys around and I took all their punches. That's the way my fights were. 
Uh, you know, Domi fought, I fought him three times. I at least took 50 haymakers in the, in the melon, nothing. It, he's a great kid. He's got, he's retiring. He's going out a winner. I, I tend to be a glasses half full guy. If not, I would have probably jumped off a cliff in, the, in my mid twenties. I am proud of my heritage. And I've always been reminded of that, being the only Newfoundlander to play in the Western League. And hello to Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, and everybody who, uh, like Bob Cole, uh, proves good folk come from there. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get right into episode number 39. You heard him in the intro. None other than Mount Pearl, Newfoundland's very own and host of Tales with TR, a hockey podcast on our very own The Hockey Podcast Network, former first round draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens, Terry Ryan. Terry, thanks for doing this. Wow. All I can say is wow to all that. (laughs) Well, uh, well, I mean, listen, I'm a fan. It's like my life flashed before my eyes there. (laughs) Well, that's kind of the idea here. Um... You know, beautiful. Uh, what's that? It's beautiful. Thanks a lot. Those are some great memories. Yeah, um, my pleasure. Uh, I'll cl- I'll uh, I'll clip it. Uh, it's you know I got it most of that from video. So there's it's my pleasure to no problem to uh, to put the actual video footage together. I like editing and and doing that kind nice. of stuff. So it's my pleasure. And and you know there there's quite a bit about your career out there and clips a lot of it's old and it looks like vhs tracking it took me a little bit of time i'm not gonna lie to edit out the squeaks and it's still not perfect but i'll get it there uh terry listen i want to wow. get into you know there's obviously we talk a lot about the hockey there and then uh, horn goes off been open about it i mean you're you're a hilarious guy that you're have your hands in so many different things on the go uh you're a busy guy um, but you know, it's not a, it's not a negative story by any means. Like, uh, you know, you seem to be a, a very happy guy. Tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah, man. Um, oh, I still play hockey. I, I love the game. What happened to me in, um, you know, in Montreal and the NHL, a lot of, a lot of focus gets put on like a little bit of negative that happened between me and the Habs, but I'm very much you know, proud of my career. There, there was a time that I was, obviously I was <clears throat> a little bit upset, but um, yeah, yeah. I look back at it fondly. What I'm doing now, I'm, you know, normally I'm, it, it, if COVID wasn't happening, I would be uh, acting. I do some public speaking. I do a little bit of stand up comedy, some stunt acting, um, hockey schools, all that's kind of put on the side. So I'm running a burr called Turkey Joe's in St. John's. So a lot of people who used to come here on the leaps of the ice caps, they'll know exactly where I'm talking about. It used to be a uh, hangout for for a lot of people, but you know, a lot of the hockey players went there. So I took it over for my buddy for the summer, tried to inject some uh, business back into the place. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, you know, you've kind of taken off. Like you said, you've been, you've been doing some acting. I know you have a relationship with Jason Momoa. Uh, you were also yeah. featured on on Road Warriors uh, as part of Spit and Chicklets, and that's maybe where a lot of you know I think people you know got a lot of you know recognition. You got a lot of recognition from that. Your story kind of became because I mean, let's be honest, you're not really a young buck anymore. And you know, I almost yeah. missed. 
I pretty much missed the YouTube era and I'm only 32, 33. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that whole social media. Yeah, that wasn't around anywhere near when you were around. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, no, it it's just I'm, a, I'm it's lucky just a, that all those clips got saved. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's very, you're very lucky, right? And I think it's not just you, it's uh, the hockey world is lucky because, you know what, we all have a story. Um, and, you know, mine is one of, you know, I never had the, the hockey credentials of you. I was never drafted, I'll be honest. I quit my draft year for a girl when I was 18. I probably would have got drafted. Is that for... what happened? Is yeah. that what happened? You're your good hockey player. I didn't realize that that happened that you quit for a girl in your draft year tell me about that <laughs> yeah so i uh what happened was is um i made the broncos as a 16 year old but i got like right the day after i signed my contract um this is oh, let me go back so under 15s like we get drafted at 14 you know that because you you played for the cornell millionaires at 14 i want to talk to you about that because that's fucking crazy i've seen the footage buddy you look like you're 10 years old oh, yeah, it was <laughs> it's hilarious if anybody hasn't seen that uh i'll post a link to it there's like a whole thing because like a 14 year old playing junior like holy shit like you have to get exceptional stats at 15 but 14 like we'll get into crazy. that, but let me and tell I had you, two hundred and twenty-two penalty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, let me let me I tell was, you. I was, I was surrounded, by the way, with good buddies and a tough team, and yeah, that that was in a box. I, I don't know that that could work for everybody. I I responded well, but I could see how it might be hard for a kid. You know, my my career has been anything but normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can I can, <laughs> I can uh, you know level with you on that one for sure let me tell you so yeah my my actual draft year into the western uh western hockey league like you know is you in bc it's all about the bc cup under 15 your zone well after the very first practice for my zone i quit because i just was like i'll be honest i was just a pussy i i wasn't a pussy i wasn't that i was scared i used to fight all the time i just i was scared of getting cut i was scared of being told that i wasn't good enough it wasn't that i was ever scared of anybody hurting me yeah, or anything yeah, it was yeah. just that i was scared of not being good enough and being told no because up to that point i had not been cut right i just played in my and i always been the best player on my team or, or one of and and whatever so yeah. i ended up quitting i not, don't get dropped to the western league and, and i almost quit hockey actually but then I, I i almost went into wakeboarding and i ended up going back to play hockey and um got a new coach uh, that came in and he was i was very lucky terry i'll, I'll get to the story but i ended up getting listed by swift made it as a 16 year old the day after i signed the contract uh, i get hurt uh, i had the girlfriend at the time and i was like fuck i don't want to stay here i want to go back to my girlfriend so went back played junior b yeah. Uh, yeah, went back, played junior B, went back as a 17-year-old. I even got a grant to leave to go home because I was homesick because of my girlfriend as a 17-year-old for five days. Still got rookie of the year. Went back as an 18-year-old uh, and quit seven games into the into the year. I just packed up my shit and drove from Swift Current back to Vancouver. See ya, gone. Wow. And then, oh, and then, so I want to talk to you. This is about you. This is about me, but then, listen. I know it then is, I but I want to hear this. What made you get back in the game then? So I'll tell you. So then I went home. I, I told the coach. I told Gene, Dean Chanelth, who you know, Ed Chanelth, because he was yep. the, I heard you talking about him. Anyways, Dean was my coach. He gave me nine lives, this guy. So I, uh, <laughs> I uh, go home. And I would tell him, I was like, hey, I'm leaving. I went to the rink with all my shit packed. I'm like, my decision is final. It's totally out of the blue. Um, you know, I didn't even consult with my dad or anybody. Just gone. Um, <laughs> and I get, I told him, I was like, trade me to the Vancouver Giants or the Everett Silvertips. That's the only two teams I'll go to. And so anyways, I go home. I start skating with my junior B team. 
Um, and I end up, and they were affiliated with the BCHL team, the the Burnaby Express, who are now the Coquitlam Express. And anyways, I end up signing with them. Um, and I was playing online with Kyle Turris. I had nine points in my first three games. Um, they gave me some education money because I already lost my scholarship eligibility, yada, yada, yada. Uh, well, then I start doing ecstasy, start doing coke. Uh, I slept through a game when all my friends were there, all this stuff. I end up you know, getting kicked off the team. Uh, they go on to win the RBC, uh, the national title that year. Uh, during the summer, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I call Dean Chenoweth. I'm like, I got to go back. He brings me back to Swift Current as a 19-year-old. That's when I start fighting, whatever. Then I get a girl pregnant when I'm 19, okay, in Swift Current. Then I go home, get Good another Lord. girl pregnant. Then I get go back to Swift Current. Some shit happens. Then they're like, this is too crazy, too small of a town. You're too much drama. You've had way too many chances. They trade me to Kelowna. Um, and then I end up playing a line with Jamie Benn. I play with Tyler Myers, Luke Shen, Tyson Berry. Have a really good year. Um, and, uh, you know, had two kids that year. Uh, I flew home uh, right after the fucking last game. My last game in the Western League regular season. Listen to this, Terry. My last game. Got in the car. Drove down to Vancouver from Kelowna. C-section. Had my daughter at 20 years old. Was there for two days. Get back on a get back on a plane. Fly to Kelowna. Have my awards bank banquet. Get on a bus. Go to Seattle to play the Thunderbirds. I score like I get first star in the first two games or whatever. F go back to Kelowna. And in the first game, my daughter. This is the coolest story. My daughter uh, flies in with my ex. Um, for that game. She's like a week old or whatever. Um, and uh, 22 seconds into the fucking game, I'm not kidding. I come across, I made the best shot ever. Uh, Colin Long gave me a drop pass and I just let, I never shoot. I'm not a shooter. I just let one go and just dink, just bar down. And the place just lit up. It was the first home game, playoff game. And it was just cool because my daughter was there. And right? my girl, my ex was, was like, now you make our, our daughter cry. Long story short, Terry, that's enough out of me. But um, that's how I got back to the dub. And then I signed with the, the Lightning and, and all that. But then I started doing a lot of cocaine, didn't train. Uh, then I got well, hurt I and they part. gave me oxys. Then I quit. Then I just lost hockey. Then I started doing heroin. Then I did a little comeback in the CHL. Then I relapsed. Then I was homeless on Hastings. Then I went to jail. Then I moved to Ontario. Then I went to jail again. Then I got out in November. Then I put on my skates for the first time in six years uh, in February because I live on a lake in Muskoka with my girlfriend's family in paradise um, and I the whole winter Terry I had a lake there's like literally I live on a lake and by lakes and I had these the only gear I have brand new skates from the Swift Current Broncos when I got out of jail they sent me skates they're so nice that they were trying to do that but I never put them on never did nothing and I was like man I gotta do something. I can't go back to this life. I kept overdosing. Kept, you know, all my friends that are not my friends, acquaintances in that life were dying. Um, and I was like, man, I put my skates on. I literally skated down the fucking driveway because it's ice, right down the fucking driveway, right down to the fucking lake, uh, and skated for 15 minutes. And then fucking uh, four days later, hello, hockey to heroin road to recovery was born, uh, and I've been clean for six months. And that's my story, bud. Wow, that's fantastic. I bet you, I bet you, I know you kind of touched on it, but I, like, it, it's the, it's the, the painkillers, right? I, I can see how you went down that road. I, I, I'm not going to identify, I haven't done heroin, but there's times that I was hurt and I would like, I don't know, it starts, ah, you know what, like, I don't want to booze tonight, so maybe take a couple pills and go see the concert, right? Yeah. Like, and, and it becomes... And I, it was a very fine line. And, and I remember Chris Nyland, like I knew Chris when he was in a bad place and he got himself out of there. And it wasn't until then that he really told me all, and now you can see the movie, you can read the book. He's been on but the podcast anyway, actually. I, 
Yeah, it's beauty. I bet you that's really, uh, you know, I bet you can identify and it's probably therapeutic to listen to him because anyway, I, I can't say identify, but I really, really, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about the courage way beyond hockey and everything that you showed and the rebound and to have your life on track after all that is absolutely incredible. So congrats. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and honestly, bud, it's, uh, it is because um, it's, and I'm not saying this because I, I'm like, but I am, I'm proud of myself because I'll tell you what, um, I was done, man. I was done, man. I was in jail. Like that was my life. I was like, no one's ever going to ex- respect me or accept me again. Like I was so far gone. And I was like, you know what? Like the, the, the hockey player life, it honestly felt like, like I, I felt like it was in the movie Total Recall and I got zapped into another fucking life and I woke up in jail and I was like, what the fuck happened to me? That's the only thing. That's the only way that I can explain it. Um, and then once I got there, like the very first time I was like, okay, well I'm fucking in it now. Um, and then, you know, uh, I don't want to talk too much about the jail system or whatever, but like they just, there's no, there's no reforming really in there. And I'll be honest, I, I did everything. I did every fucking program. I also did every bad thing you could in there. I did, I went really bad in there. I went really good. I went really bad. I went really, I did it all. I took, you know, I was yeah. controlling the stuff and bringing it in. I did it all, man. Like that was, I'm not kidding. Like I'm, I don't worry in jail. Which, pro- which province? Uh, I was in BC and in Ontario. I did two years and then I did a year. Wow. Yeah. That's got to be uh, that's got to be tough. Well, I mean, I, obviously, but I mean, it, it, listen, man. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know what it is, but just like you know, I don't know if you have these with you because you know you must get it a lot. Um, because and I would have never got it a lot, but because of the road I went down. Uh, it happened to me a lot, but because you were drafted so high at eighth overall, people always want to know. Well, what happened? I also had Chris Beach on the podcast who 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 uh, was drafted seventh overall and didn't have a. And my friend Zach Hamill from my hometown was drafted seventh overall. I want to talk to him. I grew up on a line with him. He's just a year younger than me. Uh, I think he played one game in the NHL and and whatever. But people want to know, and they just expect, and there's just this pressure, and they don't actually. Or I feel like they don't really care to understand what's really going on with the human that's playing the game. It's it's insane. Do you do you ever feel like people just look at you and be like like for a while like how did you you must have like I don't I I don't know if that's hard for you to talk about like not living up to that expectation because like 14 years old you're playing junior like you were the guy Terry and you know what I mean oh, yeah. and you're still the guy and that's what I hope you understand is that you have that charisma and that personality that it doesn't matter that you didn't make I this is sorry I, I ramble just like you like we talk no, no, yeah, like yeah. to talk so I, I do too yeah you're, you're sp- talking to the mirror here yeah so but like you know what I mean so like for me it's like people always were asking me so well how the fuck did that happen you were a pro hockey player how do you become a drug addict? it's like well people want to know how did you get drafted eighth overall and not you know how are you not making millions of dollars oh, or yeah. whatever but what I'm saying to you is like I for a long time was like I felt empty I was like man I didn't live up to my potential I'm nothing da 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 but in the end, now I'm like, you know what? Fuck. I now I can look at like, you know what, my story. Like I was just I played just high enough level of hockey. And then I have this story now of this crazy shit. And then I can bring them together to change the hockey world and, and maybe change the world too. And, and just bring people together. And that's the reason why 
this happened to me. And like, so I look at a guy like you and, and you're into the acting, you're into whatever. And like, I hear you on your podcast, you're, you know, you talk about living check to check. Fuck, I'm on social assistance right now for fuck's sakes. That's where my life is at. I got out of jail and I have no job. I can't get a job. I'm on fucking conditions. Uh, it's impossible. Uh, and I've been, I've been honest about that. So like, I've heard you talk about check to check people like, oh, you were a first rounder. How do you not have this money? But what I'm saying to you is that if you can get past that, and I think you're, st- I see that in you with all the things you're doing. Like, that's why I wanted to talk to you. And like, I just, like, I'm looking up to you, man. Like I look at you and the things you're doing and the way you carry yourself, the way you speak, like the, the, you have endless potential. And I hope that you don't ever fucking just be like, okay, because you didn't play X amount of games in the NHL or make X amount of dollars that that's it. Like I hope, I don't know you personally, but I hope that that is not living inside your head at all because if you look at yes you could say that you're proud of me or whatever but i'm i look at you and i'm looking up to you i see all the things you're doing it's it's incredible and but what i see is like yeah i just i just wanted to say that to you no look i appreciate it and yes there i mean i don't mind talking about it at all um some of it i made some bad decisions too i I, you know i i I was i didn't like michelle tarian i really didn't that's pretty public but I never really did shake his hand and, and go in his room and say, you know what, Mike, let's cut to the shit here. Like, really, what do you want? On? Like, it didn't really happen. I don't think I was mature enough. And I was coming from junior where everybody liked my antics, where, you know, it was loosey-goosey. And that line was definitely foggy in Montreal. Uh, I don't know if it was a French-English thing or it was a culture thing, but it, everywhere else I think I was looked at, even now, you know, before and after, as a hockey player, as a jovial kind of, fun love you know bring the room together be real loose maybe push the boundary sometimes i think in montreal it was almost cartoonish and sometimes they thought maybe there was a negative element to it like i, I think because of my personality you could have told yeah i i definitely think a couple of times they called me in actually i i don't talk about it much but yeah i remember me getting called in and he asked me if i was on cocaine and I'd never seen it. And I, I was like, wow, like, is that where we are? Like, we, we could have started this conversation four months ago and you could, no, I'm not. You know, I always took the game fairly seriously. I went out and drank, you know, I, I went out with the boys. Um, like I said, there were times, you know, I'm not saying I didn't do drugs. At that point, I'd never done cocaine. Um, you know, when I played pro hockey, I, 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 again, I, I'm not trying to, um, dis- dismiss the decisions that you made or whatever. We all get there. I, a couple times I was real down, but I felt like I had a lot to give and I, I ended up getting hurt. I didn't go back to Montreal camp. A lot happened in a couple of years. I got divorced and then I did. I did trip over my bottom lip for a year or two. I, I really did. And um, eventually though, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it just came to me. I'm like, I can just be negative the rest of my life you know, or, or accept what happened. And, you know, I still played in the NHL and I still did a lot of these good things. And, you know, going back to places like Tri-City where the fans loved me, you know, and, and really looked up to me and, you know, that, and I felt that, you know, even here in Mount Pearl, you know, there's still are, I, I can look back and yeah, I could have made a bit more money. I could have played more games. Well, I could have made a lot more money. I could have played more games, but you know, there's still kids in Mount Pearl that wear the Jersey and come up to my door and ask for an autograph. So I feel that it would be selfish and ignorant to have this opportunity that literally, you know, every hockey fan in the world wants to play one game in the NHL. 
And am I going to sit there and because, you know, I didn't play a thousand, you know, so be upset. So I, I think there was a combination of that. There was a, there was a part of just getting older, you know, and realizing, you know, there's so much more to life here and it's great. And, you know, then I'd look at my hockey cards and say, you know, four and five years went by and I was like, you know, there I am with a Habs jersey on, you know? So, and you know, then the jobs I've, I've gotten have been so far removed from hockey that people get a kick out of it. So I can tell, you know, I'm on a film set. I don't know many people that play pro hockey that are in the acting union. There might be a couple. I haven't met any. Um, I'm on set and I don't just do it, it, acting. I, I work on the crew. So I, I do everything from locations to craft to set dressing. So I just made friends. And then that was, that's due to my buddy, Alan Hawko, who used to be the lead actor on Republic of Doyle. He told me, I went back to school. I only have a folklore degree, but he said, you know, if you have a degree, we can probably get you on set doing something. And yeah, I just, I started to realize that I have all these opportunities. I opened for Jerry D, stand up comedy. I, you know, I was in shows with Jason Momoa with uh, we had lots of shows. I was on Letter Kenny and not bragging. I'm saying that there's, you know, a public speak here Drag and there. Drag it up, man. So, Drag it up. Yeah, like, it, it, there's a lot of positive things happening. And, you know, I did play in the NHL and, and I did play for Montreal, which is a great thing. And, I, you know, Reggie Hull was the jam when I was there. I had nothing against him. I, I thought he maybe should have played me more, but that's water under the bridge. When I go there now, I, you know, I go to games with him. It's, it's really, I love Montreal and I, I go back. It took me a while, though, I gotta be honest. It took me five or six years to, to really immerse myself into this attitude because it does play on a kid's head. You know, it wasn't just money or anything. I, I not only thought it was good enough, I know I'm good enough. Like it, I, I just played my cards wrong, but I was there and, you know, I, I, I give you a thousand instances, but I, I just, I think I was a bit brazen and I wanted my chance too early, but it was all about, I looked around me and, you know, you play exhibition, you're, you know, I only played eight games, but I played them. and. I was there a lot. When I was 96, 97, the year I played in Red Deer and Junior, I only went there in February. I was in Montreal practicing the five months before that. So it, it wasn't overwhelming. I, I, you know, if you look at my stats in Junior, I, I, I know it. I'm not saying that I would have been a star. Who knows? I wasn't a great skater, and there would have been a knock there. But I did. But they said that to me when I was 14. Every league I'd gone to, I'd put up points. I figured out a way to do it. Uh, and it was a tough game then, and going in front of the net meant a lot. And I was not scared to do that. I mean you know, exhibition, I'd get five or six points, you know, I, so I, I do think I could have been a, at least the fourth liner in the NHL, but you know, I got it, 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 what solidified all of it was raising my buddy, my buddy BJ Young died in a car accident in 2005. So I raised his kid Tyson and along the way, um, Danielle and I, uh, who are separated now, but we made on unbelievable terms. We had my daughter, Penny Lane. And once that happened, there was no more regretting anything because you know, one circumstance wouldn't have led to the other. So now I sit here and I think I have a, 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 a like I said, a, 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 I could have positioned myself better financially, but other than that, and I'm, I'm content, you know, I'm content to just keep, keep putting. And um, I, I, the game is still giving back in two weeks. I'm going to talk in PEI. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, if, if I do stand up comedy, say it, it's really all about hockey. Uh, if I, you know, I'm coming on your show, I'm, I'm talking about hockey, even when I'm acting, as soon as they say cut, the actors ask me about hockey. And so it still is the vehicle that gave me, you know, all the opportunities I have in my life. And I'm the opposite of bitter at this point. Well, that's, yeah, it's great to hear. I mean, there's a lot to dissect there. First of all, 
Um, I just quickly want to tell people that when you were 14 years old, in 49 games, you scored 26 goals at 41 assists and 67 points. That's in 49 games and 217 pims. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I really do have to... I went to the right place. Cornell, I didn't know it going in, but I, I wouldn't have been able to do that, honestly, if, if, if I didn't have... I, I know this is a cliche in hockey. I know it is. But I'm telling you, I played on a line with two 20-year-olds, and they were tough. They looked after me. And the 217 penalty minutes was like me going out once in a while and starting one. It, there was nobody after the first game that took liberties with me. Nobody. Uh, Chris Spencer, Dave Standing, in particular, were my line mates, and they were just phenomenal. And Cornell, as a, as a town, really, really embraced me. And as you know, you have to be comfortable. It's all about confidence, and if, you, if you're not comfortable, and it just became after a while, I was just excited to play. I remember going, oh, this is great in junior because we play more games. I remember just loving to go to the rink, at, like, and at the beginning I was scared. So Cornell embraced me, and that's that. Well, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's nice that they did that. I mean, I like I said, I encourage anybody to go back and watch that, that video. I'll post it. It's, it makes me laugh just thinking about it. But your numbers... Your numbers throughout were, were really good. I mean, you even got, you know, uh, Rookie of the Year, I believe, in Fred Fredericton in 97, 98 yeah. uh, in the American League. Um, <laughs> you know, so again, yeah. I, I understand, like, you know, I, I'm glad that you said it, like, because, you know, it's, it is, it's all about how you play your cards. And, uh, but it's also about opportunity. Um, and I wanted to go back uh, just a sec on, on what you mentioned about, uh, what Michelle Therrion uh, questioned you about being on coke like that to me is a, a little bit insane the fact that he would be just that brazen about that goes to show you know that's really where well, his head was at and where you. the organization you know what I mean so like that to me oh. is um, pretty unfair and like I wanted to say too like yeah um, your antics or whatever um, sure, uh, you're probably right that, you know, with Montreal, you, you got to think of it this way, that it's, fuck, man, I would never want to play Montreal or Toronto. It'd, it'd be a nightmare. Um, and, and, like, I never even thought about the, the language barrier. And, like, uh, I could see that. But, uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot of, in my, in my experience, and I, this could have changed, but I don't think so, there wasn't a whole lot of experience, like uh, teaching of how to be a professional. Like, even when you get to the Western League, like, you just sort of, like, learn as you go. And, uh, you know what I mean? And you just kind of figure it out and find your place. And I guess that's sort of the way life goes. But I think they could do a better job, like, getting you ready. Like, you know what I mean? Of what to expect um, so that, you know you are better prepared to handle these situations. Like, don't you think they could do a better job with that kind of stuff? Well, d definitely. That's why a lot of kids, when they go, I always say like, you know, one thing the parents never ask is the billet. I mean, you, you gotta be with a good billet or, or else you're done. If your billet lets you booze all night or your billet, I, I literally, I'm not going to mention, but there's a huge prospect from here and he went away to play a huge, he went real high in the Quebec draft and he went away and his billet was a drug dealer and he got into it and he was quit by the end of his second year. And I was like, you know, that's directly, a result of not doing your homework with the billet. And there's, and that's just one thing, but yeah, there, there's a whole lot to learn. Like, and not only that, I was going to Montreal. So I've gone from Newfoundland then to Cornell to Tri-City, which is really out there in the Western league. Like it's, it, it was a great experience, but you know, you can't really get into the bar until you're 21. So you're, you're living, which is great. And you're living this life of a kid, you know? So I, I went all along there, like 
you know, pretty innocent and naive given I had some experiences, but you know, I, I didn't know like going to Montreal, all of a sudden people are drinking scotch and soda. The women are all look, they're, they're, you know, the threes dressed like nines and there's tens everywhere and they want a piece of you. Right. And then you go to the bar and people are giving you drugs or they're giving you free booze or they're giving you women or so. And I'm like, well, is this how it works? You know, like, and that's one day to the next, that's the first day in Montreal, right? It's, they whisk you in and you got to navigate your way around. Now, the thing about Montreal, I will say is they had unbelievable leaders and professionalism there. Cause right from, there was a feeling, right? Like Jean Beliveau would come to the rink where, you know, our our assistant coaches were Steve Shutt, Yvonne Cormier, Jacques LaPerriere. These guys are legends. They're Hall of Famers. So like, they, I, I think it was just kind of passed on by default, but there really wasn't, it, it was just like, I remember being in the room and like, you know, it's, it, 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 it's good, but it can be intimidating. Cause I don't know, picture if you're in Columbus or Nashville's alumni room, right? I mean, there's some great players, but I mean, literally everybody walking into our dressing room and they used to treat it like their shed, right? Like Guy Lafleur would be walking around when we're putting on our gear. So there was, I mean, that in a good way. Um, but you know, and they go to the game, and they're they're all behind you. And so, so it, there, there's a level of professionalism. I, I mean, I'm John Beliveau, right? Like he yeah. he is probably the epitome of, of of a professional, classy leader. Hockey, one of the best ever. You know, he was at the rink all the time. Uh, God rest his soul. But anyway, but things like, but the, yeah, you'd have to kind of go out and do that on your own. And I, I know that the line was foggy in Montreal. That the cocaine thing. This is what happened. So. I, whatever line I was on, so say the beginning of practice, um, if I was on the green line, um, I'd, you know, right after he explained the first drill, I, I drill, I'd go, here we go, big green machine. Or if I was on the red, red line, big, big red fire truck, I'd always kind of put one line against the other and always say, well, we're going to get the most goals. So whatever it was, big blue bus or, or whatever, right? Whatever. So one time I was on the white line and I yelled big white storm. So we went through practice. And maybe a week or two later, Scott King, who played on my line, but his father, Dave King, was assistant coach of the Montreal Canadiens at the same time. Now, we're in Fredericton again, where Scott's playing on my line. J.F. Hull, Rajon's son, who's the GM of Montreal, his son plays on our team, J.F. So there was two of those guys. So it was often, if anything crazy happened, I mean, I didn't sit in their houses and ask for news, but like Kinger would come to me. Anyway, he came to me, he goes, T-Bone, like, took me aside. He goes, I, I think you got to talk to management. I said, why? He said, well, I, I think Mike, me being Michelle, I, I think he thinks you're on cocaine. And I was like, what? I swear to you, I've never seen it in my life. And I, I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? So he said, well, you said big white storm. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Anything could be white. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's how. So then I had to go and like, I remember talking to like Dave awkwardly in Montreal and Reggie and, and it became like a thing. And I was like, I, I swear to you, never in professional hockey. Well, the NHL professional later, I went down and smoked weed and stuff, but, but I really, I hadn't even really done that other than Quinnell a few times, but we weren't partying around it you know, maybe once or twice in Tri-City, but I was fairly new to it all. I'm like, why didn't someone just ask me about this? I'm coming into you guys and you're admitting to me that there's a conversation going on and it, it is no, it's not warranted. Right? There's no reason for it. I don't know why you're saying it. Am I playing bad? Am I, you know, I'm working out. I don't understand. It was, it was a lot of that. It was assuming and generalizing and speculation. And and I just felt really odd there because I really wanted to take off. I like, 
I was just waiting every day to get my chance and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. And it didn't really happen, which was unfortunate. But, you know, again, I don't hold it against them. Looking back, I'm sure everybody can improve on what kind of people they were. But I thought that was unfortunate because there was a lot of things going on that, yeah, like I said, a lot of assumptions. Well, the thing is, Terry, is like you were a kid. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is the thing that people forget. Like even in Major Junior, um, they're just kids. Uh, and then, you know, you, yes. you, you were turned professional at 19 years old. Right. So, yeah. um, it's, you know, that is, I it's can't even imagine like me at 19, I was so immature. Um, and you know, I, I know that I didn't really have, you know, I'm just, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. I just feel like if there's like, you're all of a sudden going from major junior to the NHL, you're going to the Montreal Canadians dressing room, like you said, with all those guys, like, how do you prepare for that? And then how do you, as a 19 or 20 year old, however old you were when the, this conversation about the Coke happened, like how do you as a player digest that um, going forward and being like, this is super fucked up that they're thinking this. And then how are you supposed to play and practice? It's like, that's yeah. a mind fuck and a half. Like, and this is the shit that's that part of the reason see. I wanted out. I, when I heard that and I wanted out anyway, and I didn't like Michelle Tarion. I just wanted a new start. I was like, you know, and and I, I didn't mind fighting at all, but my first year in Freddie, I had 34. And I just went in to, to Rajon at the end of the year, and I said, like, I, I want a chance here. Like, I'm fighting all these guys in the minors, like George LaRock and Frankie Bialois and Mark Major and Ryan Vandenbush. These are all tough customers. It's not like the Western League when I was a middleweight. I was still, I still considered myself a middleweight, but I was fighting all the heavies. Yeah. And they'd call me up, and I'd fight Domi, and I'd fight. And I remember going in and saying, look, guys, I don't mind, but I want a shot. I don't want to be down with the highlight of my life getting in fucking 40 fights in the American Hockey League in a goddamn year. And that's why I – and as soon as I started hearing that shit, I was like, I'm, 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 the straw is going to break the camel's back anyway. And then I begged them. It was right before camp in 99 – and uh, I just called Reggie. I, I was driving down the Water Street in St. John's. I said, no, fuck this. And I phoned him and I said, just please. I beg you. I said, you just traded Darcy Tucker, Valerie Burray, Craig Conroy, Jim Campbell, Thomas Bocoon, Brad Brown, Matt Higgins. Ashton just went. I'm like, all these guys are people that I've seen play here. And I got rookie of the year. I don't know. And, and he honestly said to me, he's like, well, we kind of look bad on the Tucker trade. I remember him saying that. So he's like, you know, we still think you got potential. You're going to be captain in the minors. And then who knows? And then I was just like, that was before camp started. So I said, what, what in the minors? Uh -huh. He said, well, you know, you pretty much, pretty much told me that. I said, just what, what are my odds here? Cause I said, I, in the minors, like, what am I going to go back as a fourth year and, you know, get the odd game up and be down and fight though? Because it was a tough league then the A. Yeah. It always is a tough league, but it had like a peak heavyweights. So, I just made the decision and I called my agent who was Mike Barnett. He's Gretzky's agent. I, I figured he could get me traded the next day. So I said, well, I'm not going to go to camp. You know, you can, he agreed with me. So I'm not blaming anybody, but I mean, it was Wayne Gretzky's agent. He, he didn't blink. So I said, okay. And, um, I'm not kidding. Like maybe two months later, I was like, holy shit. I went out practicing with university of Alberta. I called Mike. I'm like, you know, when's this trade going to happen? And, um, he just, he said, go down and I signed a PTO with, um, Utah I or Long Beach I played one game there and then I went over to Utah for eight and then I realized I'm like signed with, with a lot of these teams 
Uh, and I ended up going to St. John's. But again, I wasn't with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So in St. John's, I played another role. Again, I don't mind fighting. But, you know, I was third, fourth line, like mix it up. Not much power play time. Why would you put me on there ahead of Adam Mayer and Donald McLean and these guys? They were actual Maple Leafs. It wouldn't make any sense. So uh, then I realized, though, the writing was on the wall. And I was like, oh, shit, like quickly I'm, you know, becoming yesterday's news. And then I finally did. Uh, well, I went to Colorado Springs the next year. That's a long story. I got my arms skated over. I only played 30 games, healed all that up, and went to Dallas camp. And that's when my, I got my legs skated over. I was doing real well, and I was ta- I was talking contract every day. I finally went into Bob Ganey. Well, I mean, he called me in. But I just said, look, just I'll take the very minimum that you can give me just for one year because I really do think that I can make an impact, and I'm just – bursting to play. Now, I'm a first-round pick. There's got to be something in that. And he wasn't he, – he, I'm not going to say he wanted to sign me right away, but he was real. He thought about it, played me a few more games, like exhibition or whatever, inner squad, all that. And uh, my agent called and said, things look real good. And then Don Hay phoned me. You see, Don Hay had coached in Kamloops. Don Hay played with my father in Minnesota. So Don I know Hay knew Don all Hay is. He hates my guts. Yeah. He was the head coach of the Giants. He hated me. I used to chirp him so bad. You don't even know. But keep going. I mean, I love this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, who knows what, what he thought of me as a person. I chirped him, too, when I played with Tri-Cities. But he, you know, he, he knew what kind of player I was. And I was, I was very – I would have fit in on Kamloops. I guess – you know, needless to say, anybody at that time in the Western League that was two-way that could drop the mitts that could score would fit in with anybody. But he, he knew that. You know, I played against him a lot, and I had good stats, and um, he he knew that. So he was coaching in Utah, which was their minor league team. So he, yeah, it, it just seemed like a great fit. I remember calling my agent. I said, Mike, like, just to reiterate, I don't money doesn't matter. Like, I just want to play a year. It's what is it? It's, it's going to be three figures or six figures anyway. I think it was like 325 or something, and that's, that's what I was going to sign for. And I went out, and uh, I was skating around in warm-up, and Darian Hatcher fell on a puck. Like, he slipped on a puck while they were kind of doing the two-on-ones, and I had my back turned. And so he fell on my leg, and it, it, it ended up being a high ankle sprain. I knew right away. It felt like I, I thought I heard a snap, but, I, you know, it wasn't broken. Like I it was always the ligament hated the tendon or whatever. And it, I always fucking hated it. Was, that yeah, it was guy. way worse. He's like 6'7". It was just – and it was – Way where, and I kept trying to play, and then I didn't have a contract, so they were like, go to Boise. It was their double affiliate, their East Coast League, or West Coast League at the time, but whatever, all the same. I went down there, and it just didn't get better. So towards the end of the year in Boise, I knew that my career was soon going to be over. So I had some journals written, and that's kind of where the thought of the book came. Because I was like, you know, I can shoot it with cortisone, and I think after that I played in Cincinnati, and then Orlando. And I, I, I planned on playing a little bit longer, but the cortisone wore out. Now, two years after that, and playing ball hockey and everything, it actually feels pretty good, or felt pretty good. So, I, um, I, I play. I still play senior hockey, man. I, lo- I love it. But yeah, that was the unfortunate turn of events. Again, it was so. It, like you hear the perfect storm going right. Well, this was the perfect storm playing going wrong. I, I don't mean to be cocky when I say this, but for me to only have played eight NHL games was a real fuck up. I, no doubt. I loved it. I would have, I, I could have fight. You can't say I definitely would have scored, right? No one can say I did, but I think I could have, but I know I would have fought and I was, I was already a good fighter. I was already a decent hitter. I'd work hard. I'd block a shot. So like, 
that's half of it. <laughs> you know, that's Chad the thing. Like, work this out. is he the didn't thing really that I'm sitting. To be a Hall of Famer, but you know, he's an NHLer. That's Terry, all. Like, I think I could have been an NHLer. As I'm sitting here listening uh, to you talk about it, it's you know what I mean. It, it blows my mind because I look at your stats. I hear you tell like 34 fights in the A. Like you know what I mean. Most first rounders are not even fighting, let alone fighting 34 times. And you know you're still putting up the numbers as a first rounder. Most first rounders aren't gonna have to go to the A and fucking work their ass off like you had to. And you still went down there. You fucking fought everybody and their fucking dog, and you still didn't get. I don't know what else you could have fucking done. I. I yeah, well, I look it was, like it was just that exactly. That's and and I'll be I honest, I've talked to guys. I've had I've had uh, Riley Cote on my podcast, uh, Josh Gratton, and these are guys that you know fought their way through the A and then get their ten. They played over you know a couple hundred games or hundred games, whatever. And yeah. they're they were not you know never had the numbers you didn't junior, not even close, not the didn't you know what I mean? So I'm just they. That's why I was pissed. No I, doubt, no like, fucking doubt, you're pissed I know. about that. But I, I mean, could have, like I could have, in my mind, in my mind, I could go in. I could go like, if if I wasn't going to fight, then I would just focused, and I know I could score with anybody. I'd say, okay, like today, I'm going to get some power play time. Maybe hold off now. Say it's a completely different mindset. I come into St. John's. Okay, who's on the menu tonight? Like, let's go, Thorny. Who are we going to go? Right, and, and 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 I knew I could do both of it, almost equally as good. So I said, like, if I don't make it with this, I'll make it with this. Or I'll... And to, to, to fall through the cracks on both levels, I just thought wasn't possible. Um, again, again, you, you're asking, I got to tell you about the situation. It sounds egotistical, but yeah, you're right. Like the, and I'm, I'm fine with it. And I'm, 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 Brady, I, I'm not saying that I would have been an NHL star. I really don't know. I'm just saying from what I saw, I at least, put it this way, you give a first rounder 100 games to fail. That's what I think. Yeah. So it's hard to base my talent on eight games played, and most of those I didn't even really play. They they said the same things before my years in Fredericton, and I went out and got stats. Right? I would do it. I knew how to get stats. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's but again, I mean, this is a thing. It's one of the like I just I feel that like there's just not a whole lot of support there. Um, I don't know what it's like now. Uh, but when that was happening, like, who did you have to talk to? Like, who were, I, obviously your dad, your dad is a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but... my dad, but, but, you know, it, it would frustrate him and he didn't like seeing what, so I, I stopped talking to him about it because it, it really did frustrate him. And I, you know, when I came up here, it was, I, I don't mind saying it now. I'm not saying that, you know. I, I turned into as good of a pro or anything, but, but nobody from Newfoundland was a better minor hockey player ever. I, I mean that. I was big. I went to the Quebec. We won the Newfoundland 16 to nothing. I had 10. So it wasn't <laughs> even, I had to leave. The question was, am I going to play midget or junior? And I was almost my size now. So people were coming to the, like, I went to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. I was MVP, you know, like, Tri-City yeah, blew me That's a big deal. Third overall. That's a big deal. That yeah, like, so Quebec Pee Wee tournament is a huge deal for anyone that doesn't know. Listening, it was to huge. The biggest huge minor hockey deal. tournament in the world. Yeah. So all my dad saw, like it, it, it brought him to tears a couple times, and my mom too. Like they were looking at me there, man, and you know I'd come into St. John's and square off with the toughest guys, and he would just be like, "Why in the fuck are they not giving you a chance?" Like, and he didn't get, he didn't come down. He wasn't one of those dads either that came in and forced himself on the coach they wouldn't even really know he didn't want to do that so and a lot of people that think thought that 
No, he was never involved. And I just stopped telling him because it, it was, if, if you were to follow my career at the time, I, same thing out in Tri-Cities, like they were all, I, I just, to that point, you know what? I, I lost my innocence in Montreal. That's what happened. I was so fun loving and you, people would just wait for me to score. So I'd leap into the crowd. Like, it, you know, it was just, there was always something and it was seemed to be positive. And, you know, in Tri-City, we, we started some, um, foundations for kids for scholarships and it, it just never felt like there was a negative it's like I was just slicing through life like a knife through butter and it was like karma you know pay it forward if I'm positive that's my parents brought me up if you be a good person then it'll all come back to you so to have people in Montreal like asking it, it just felt like I wasn't a good person I, I don't know I can't explain it. I didn't feel like myself I felt framed I didn't like what they were getting on with I, all of a sudden you know I was getting the tap People appreciated me in Tri-City. They really liked that I fought Wade Belak, but Bob Lux would never throw me out there to do it. Yeah. Right. But I was getting the tap from Michelle Terrian. Wow. Terry, go, go get, go get Jeff Ware now. And I, I, I don't know. It just took, by, by, the, by the end of that second full year playing under him, I, I just had enough. I quit like three. You said quit for your girlfriend. I came home three times, man. Well, look at it. I only played 55 games my second year, and I still put the fucking numbers up. I was home here going, I registered for Mon or Memorial University. I just wanted out. And then I'd fucking go back, and Montreal would say, yes, don't worry about it. Terrian would play some other mind game. Now, I know the thing about Michelle Terrian, a lot of it was an act, because I think he thought that that was the way to be a coach, to be an authoritarian. Um. But again, the line was so. In other words, I don't want to sit here and blame him for the rest of my life. But at the time, he was hard to take for a kid. But I, I know that maybe he, he must have learned because he, 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 the way he treated me, there's no way he would have ever, ever, ever played one game in the NHL. And when I say me, I'm saying almost every fucking player on our team. You can ask any of them. A lot of them won't, might want to not want to go on record, but we had like six team meetings that year about getting rid of him. I believe it. We called the GM. Oh, sorry, Reg, Reggie. Reggie Hua. We, we phoned him. We had a team meeting in St. John's at the Battery Hotel. I'll never forget it. And it was like the fifth team meeting. And like four guys, I won't name them, a couple of them are, we ended up being NHL stars. And uh, they said there was never. No. And they, it wasn't French English either. The guys I'm talking about were French. They just said, no, you can't treat anybody like this anymore. And... Uh, we phoned Reggie and whatever happened, it always got mended. Right. But when he ended up in Montreal a year or two later, I, I just could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. No doubt. No doubt. eh? that must've been, that must've been a fucking a kicker too. But here's the thing. I, I believe. Well, well, I'll, I'll, Go ahead. I'll say one thing first. It wasn't really because this is what happened in my mind. Okay. Um, I honestly thought, I'm like, now that he's up there, and this is exactly what happened. You have to realize, at the time, nobody believes me. And even, like, I would, like, reporters say, I would be back here, and, like, from Newfoundland, and they, they would dismiss it. Or he doesn't like the coach, because why? Because he's got a drinking problem. Or because, it turned into that. And I don't, and again, you see me on there, I'm, and I don't, I don't mean to downplay what you went through, but, you know, I can get, Sloshed and then get sloshed again three weeks later. I don't need any beer, in, but it turned into this thing. Oh, Terry's out again. You know, I go out on George Street. I I sing, right? I, I'll go to a concert. You'll know I'm there. 
If I'm at a party, everybody knows I'm at the party. But I wasn't partying every night. And I don't know how that got twisted, but I felt like I had to explain myself all the time. And almost like a bad girlfriend or something. I was like, why am I doing this? And I remember saying to Rashad, I said, why did you pick me first? And he said, I didn't. I wouldn't have. Sir Severe did. And then I, that's also when I said, well, get me the fuck out of here. But anyway... When, when Tyrion went up, then I just knew he would be exposed. It wasn't me, because I didn't, I didn't care if he got up. It wasn't like, oh, fuck, fuck Michelle. I can't believe he's in the NHL. It was like, oh, well, now the NHLers are going to see what I'm talking about, and I'm going to be, uh, vindic- I, I, I will definitely be vindicated. I, I will be justified in what, because people are going to see this, and that's exactly what happened, <laughs> right? Remember when Pittsburgh quit, quit on him? And then they ended up winning the cup. And then in Montreal, he had a few, I mean, went fairly public with Daniel Breer and a few more. And I was like, and then I'm not going to say it. I do these alumni games and I've heard people like big time players. You can do the math if you want we, we, on those teams that he was on and some older players that I kind of might've known when I first came in. Anyway, we spoke of a few of them and I said, wow, you weren't kidding about Michelle Terry. And I can't believe it. He's the biggest asshole I've ever met. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. This should be only fucking, or, or, or if it was a different era, like now, I, I think like social media and everything, like kind of, it, it's good in some ways, bad in others, but it definitely does call people out on shit like that. Yeah, and, no, for sure. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I also think that it gives, um, the players, uh, of, of maybe more of a voice, whether they're told not to or not, because I think that, you know what I mean? I, I think that, you know, if I was going through that, say now, and I was 19 years old, going through what you went through now with the social media and, and dealing with all that after, I mean, while I was going through it, maybe I wouldn't be so public about it, but after all that, you're, you're damn right. So I would be telling people what happened. I would be explained because the thing is, is like, I don't want to have to go through my life defending myself, but people don't fucking stop to understand when you're a professional athlete. Like I said, the human element and all the other things that go along with it and all the bullshit like you're talking about. So, um, how are you doing for time right now? Uh, I'm literally, I'm stepping into my car and driving to the rink. I can talk a little bit. Awesome. I just got my gear on while I'm talking to you. I'm still hanging on to uh, senior hockey. So we still got our Friday night skate. So I'm, I go for it and uh, keeps me in shape. And, you know, there's not much hitting or fighting anymore. So I can last. People are like, why do you still play? Well, I skate five times a week anyway. And the game in general isn't as physically demanding. And they're all my buddies. Um, but the, the other thing, I, before I, 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 I do go, I want to say that all that stuff with Michelle Therrien happened a long time ago, though. I don't know what kind of a guy he is now. Yep. I don't know if he found God. I don't know anything. So I really want to reiterate that I forgive him. Like we, I should have spoken to him. He treated me like a piece of shit. He really did. He talked down to me and everything. But at the time... We, as we all know, for the last year or two, a lot of coaches were doing that shit, and maybe he just thought that was the way to be successful. I don't know, but I can't sit here the rest of my life hating him, or else it's just going to be more negativity, right? That's right? So, yeah. So you know, I really do wish him the best, and my life ended up pretty good. I did have some concussions, and I was scared of nothing. So who knows? Like my dad often says now, you know, we often talk about it. He's like, you know. You played in the NHL. He said, I played pro. It's pretty good. You know, like, 
I, you know, he'll say, Terry, like, I know your balls. And if Tony Twist challenged someone, you'd probably jump in. It's right. You might have broke my orbital ball. I, I really yeah. don't know. I'm glad I got a few games in so I can. Like Ken Dryden said, once an NHLer, always an ex NHLer, right? Yeah, that's right. So I'm very, 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 very happy for that opportunity and I'm thankful. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's a great. See, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, quickly before you yeah. go, too. I'm actually I haven't played like I said in a long time, but I'm making a comeback. Play some senior, but the senior men's team where I'm playing on isn't sanctioned for the Allen Cup yet. We're working on it. It's my buddy's team. He just bought the team out here in Ontario, but uh, the Maxwell Mustang. So I'm gonna be nice. playing senior men's. Also, uh, I like I told you, I live on a lake. Um, I wanted to talk more about this, but we'll have to do a part two. But this foundation that I'm starting, the Puck Support Foundation, is just uh, is to help you know the hockey community, boys, girls, men, women of all levels, um, and coaches and parents as well. Because um, I'm going to find out, you know, there's people. St- I'm just talking about the hel- helping the hockey community with mental health and addiction and and concussions and all of it, finding a way. And, and one of the fundraisers I want to do uh, is a three-on-three pond hockey tournament up here on the lake that I live on. And Darren McCarty said he's going to come out. I think Brent Sopel's going to come. You and your buddies will have right, to come I know out. Both man. those guys. Yeah. You you and your buddies um, will have to come out and bring a team out, man. Hundred percent. So you're up around Muskoka, are you? Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? It's I went gonna... there. You know, I was there in November to do a couple of stand I know you shows. were. I know you were. Actually, when you called yeah. me before we did this, when I said I was listening to your podcast, that's why I was listening to your podcast. I was showing my girlfriend's mom that you were talking about Bracebridge because that's where I just live outside of Bracebridge. And in the very first episode, you talk about coming to Bracebridge to do a comedy show. <laughs> and yeah, and I, uh, I, loved, I loved that area. Ty, Tyler Morrison's podcast. So he's, um, he's got a podcast called Fight Stories. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, I, I, I went on there a few years ago just for an afternoon. I dropped in. I was living in Toronto. I, I go up there for work on and off for like a month or two. So, um, anyway, yeah. So he's every once in a while he'll bring me up and, and like he'll do a stand up show and then we'll kind of do a podcast slash more stand up. It it's kind of just off the cuff, but it's always a bit of fun. And I yeah. love that area. That area really responds to it, so it's great. Yeah, and honestly, bro, like that is um, that's it's for me. That's why I think I'm doing so well. Literally, where I live is uh, ATVs and snowmobiles in the driveway. Uh, last night, I went out. I I walked down. It's a, a 30 second walk to the dock. Two casts, caught a bass, reeled it in, filleted it put it in the fridge, ate it this morning for breakfast, you know, out on the ATV, there's trails everywhere, by the lakes everywhere, I'm not kidding, when I said I skated down my fucking driveway, it was like mystery Alaska, not as nice, but I I envision making it that nice when I have this tournament, because that's where it all started, for me, like down the driveway, I envision making a sick fucking nice ice trail right down it, like, I'll I'll show you pictures, man, I'll send you some pictures where I live, it's unbelievable, you'll have to come out for the tournament with all your buddies, but I'll uh, I'll let you go, uh, get on the ice, um, but we'll have to definitely connect again for a part two. You got lots of stories, and I well, love listen, listening uh, to you, man. Yeah, it, listen, I, I mean, it's you too. You had a great podcast going. This thing, I think, when you asked me earlier about how do I deal with it and everything, well, I find the podcast therapeutic. I don't think I'm ever going to be over failing in front of and, and I failed on a colossal level. Like Mount, Mount Pearl is one thing, but Newfoundland. The whole province was behind me. It's not quite like that in Ontario because there's so many, um, you know, so many players. So uh, it, it, it's a process that I mean I don't dwell on anymore. I really am like what you see is is, is me, but it, it, it it's ongoingly therapeutic to have these podcasts, and it must be for you too because it, I, it gives a a sense of purpose, 
B, you know what you're talking about. It's not like there's only so many things that you could go on there and talk about and be an expert. And going through the drugs is one and hockey's the other. And you get to do both. Yeah. It's... So I, I, I really love the fact, honestly, that you chose to do this. And I find your podcast more interesting than 99% of the podcasts out there. So keep it up. People are noticing and they love it. I appreciate Congrats. it. And, and listen, I, I'm a huge fan of, of yours. I, I promote it at the beginning of every single podcast. Um, so guys, check it out. Obviously, it's on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. But I, I was listening to it um, before. Actually, that is the reason why I reached out. I actually reached out to the Hockey Podcast Network myself based on uh, your podcast. And that's really, you know, really probably the reason why I, I started is because, you know, I, I saw now that I think about it as a podcast was Joe Rogan and your podcast was the only two podcasts I don't even listen to Spit and Chicklets I could no offense to those guys uh-huh. I, I like this nasty I just I'm not really into the whole I like hockey stories uh, more I don't really care too much I know they have great stories on there sometimes but they talk a lot about I know, the, the I know what NHL. you mean. I just I, I talked to yeah, a few yeah, guys I was on yeah. Sorry, Terry. Go I've go talked ahead, to sorry, a few man. guys and, and a few guys. I don't want to knock them or anything, but a couple guys have said that you know what they're promoting can be half the problem, and and I can kind of see that in a, in a sense. Um, but at the same time, they do do put out some great content and and they do great work. And, and Biz Nasty is what he does. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff. So I, I'm not knocking them by any means. But what I'm saying is like I I'm, the two podcasts I listen to, Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan and Tales of TR, and that's really what inspired me uh, to do this. So listen, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, I truly appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Also, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it on part two. But uh, look, uh, I'll be sending you something in the mail here shortly, um, probably on Tuesday after the holiday. So I got your address. Look for it in the mail probably at the end of next week, if not early, two weeks from now. Okay, brother. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It's been great. And I listen to the Joe Rogan every day too, by the way. It's, uh, I love that podcast. So keep up the great work. And we'll talk soon for volume two. All right, man. And uh, please tell your parents, especially the old man, I said hello. I know I don't know him, but I'm a big fan of his as well. I, I can't well, wait to talk to, to him. Well, you're going to at some point. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. So tell him I said that. Uh, and a uh, big shout out to everybody out uh, in Mount Pearl in Newfoundland, in Newfoundland. I can never say it right. I want to say Newfoundland, Newfoundland, but then I sound like everybody a real idiot. Does, yeah. Newfoundland. Um, but one of my best friends, actually, uh, he's actually stuck in, in jail. He's actually a really good guy, but his nickname is Newf because he's from out there. Um, he made some bad decision, but I'm trying to help him get his life together. But that's that's what I always think of. But uh, you know, the really nice. Like when he's good, he's just the nicest guy. You guys have. I really, I've never been out there either. I really want to get out to P- like out east, PEI, Newfoundland, everything. See Newfoundland. I said it again. You Newfoundland. will. <laughs> okay, you buddy. Good. Get, get out there. Uh, bar down, bud. You got it, Pontiac. Talk soon. All right, man. Cheers. Yeah. Guys, that's Terry Ryan, episode 39. What a conversation. I am amped right now. Uh, Big thanks to Terry. Uh, Some incredible, incredible stories. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening up. Uh, I'm not sure if you've shared uh, all of those stories or or some of them or, or even any of them. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, opening up, uh, with Michelle Terrian and, and the cocaine, uh, accusations there, uh, Terry, but I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure the list listeners do too. Um, I think there's something that we can all learn from that, Terry. And I, like I said, I look up to you and, and thank you, um, for doing what you're doing 
Um, you know, like I said, you inspired me to start a podcast uh, and you inspired me to reach out to the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, and now the rest is history. So uh, thank you, my friend. Uh, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to join the Hockey to Heroin family. I really hope, I really, really hope uh, that you can make it out to the three-on-three tournament, whether it's this winter, which I really hope, if not the very latest, the next following winter. Uh, I am really looking forward to that. Guys, of course, that's going to be the Puck Support Foundation three-on-three tournament up here in Muskoka. Uh, anybody that wants to help me organize it, please, please reach out to me. You can email me at team at pucksport, T-E-A-M, at pucksupport.com guys pucksupport.com is up and running but it is just more or less a coming soon page uh it's just me building it right now uh i'm sourcing some people out um but uh, we're getting things off the ground slowly uh we're doing gonna do things right uh there's really no rush um i'm more concerned about uh, building the right uh foundation with the right people uh, and sharing the right message and and that is something that I'm continuing to learn how to do uh, and I continue to work on myself guys thank you uh, so much for the support um, you know it's from the very beginning it's you know I wasn't I had no hope I had no intention on bettering my life and now you know look at all the things I've accomplished you know little victories like getting a bank account getting my ID um, you know getting my mental health appointment and seeing a psych and uh, getting involved with a naturopath and, and all of it, guys. Getting a counselor for sexual abuse trauma, my mental health. Getting di- I got diagnosed ADD for the first time. Um, you know, getting my health card. Like all things that are, you know, things I should have done but didn't. Uh, and it feels good. And I just feel like I can accomplish anything. And that's a big reason is your support. So thank you so so much. I am truly truly grateful. Um, guys, I didn't get a chance to mention it in the intro, but I didn't, uh, again, once again, I didn't get to record in the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio, and I ta- just talked to Matt Thompson not too long ago, and uh, he's planning on coming down uh, hopefully in the next two weeks. I know I've been saying that for the last month, but he's getting a new truck, guys, uh, and it's hard for him to find the one he wants, I guess, in Ontario, uh, and uh, he wants to just do one trip, uh, which I totally understand. Uh, But good news, I'm going to be in North Bay with the 360 Goaltending Clinic. Uh, That is Dan Spence, uh, WHL Calgary Hitman alumni goalie. Um, He was an excellent, excellent goalie from the Lower Mainland, but he's living out here in Ontario, actually in Aurelia, where I was the last few years before moving to Muskoka. Uh, Thank God I didn't run into him out there because that was a disaster. That is no longer the case, and again, I'm just so grateful. Oh my God, it just feels amazing. but I'm going to be in North Bay August 10th to 13th. If anyone wants to come see me, uh, we're going to do a goalie clinic. Matt Thompson's going to be there too, guys. Um, I'd be glad to say hi to anybody. If anyone's in the area, if you want me to you know, speak to a team or a group, I would gladly volunteer my services. Also, I will volunteer my services to get on the ice at any time. I am not on the ice with 360 goaltending. Uh, I would gladly, gladly volunteer, do any skills coaching or anything uh, as long as the ice is provided. Um, So keep that in mind, guys, uh, if anyone's in the North Bay area, August 10th to 13th. Um, 
But yes, uh, the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio is currently on hold. Uh, but Matthew Lashinsky was born in the same year as I was, 1987. And his story and I, my story, align very much alike. And the only difference is I'm still alive to tell mine. And he lost his battle with his addiction in 2017. He was drafted by the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the OHL. Uh, I played in the OHL for two years before running into some problems off the ice. And... Uh, he just battled with mental health and addiction after that, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to battle his way out. And uh, when I, I didn't know him, and when Matt Thompson told me the story, I was like, "Wow!" I, I just haven't stopped thinking about it. And so Matt and I are recreating the studio uh, up here in his honor, and I'm really, you know, putting a lot of thought into it, guys. And I can't wait to get it finished. Uh, we'll never forget about Maddie. We'll never forget about all of our fallen brothers and sisters in the hockey community, guys. And that's a big part of why. That is the reason why I started the Puck Support Foundation. I need a lot of help with this, guys. So don't be scared to reach out. Please reach out if you want to help me. Uh, I need all the help I can get right now, guys. Also, if you have a beer league team or a minor hockey league team or a company or any sports team for that matter, if you need any sort of apparel we can totally customize i'm working for verbero hockey but we do full full apparel track suits hoodies uh, we could customize colors and logos and all of that So I would really, really appreciate it if you were considering ordering anything, if your team or your company has to order anything, if you would just please consider reaching out to me first. Let me show you what uh, Verbero can do for you, especially if you're a hockey team. Uh, we could do custom gear um, with your colors, uh, jerseys, socks, bags, water bottles, all that. Uh, but even if you're not looking at a hockey team, we can do uh, apparel, like I said, hoodies, quarter zips, golf shirts, uh, whatever. Um, you guys can contact me directly. Brady Leavold at HockeyToHeroin.com or anywhere on social media at HockeyToHeroin. Please follow me, guys. Um, and please, um, please, please, please subscribe wherever you're listening to. And please, if you can take the time to rate and review. I know it may seem silly, but really it makes a world and world of difference for me if my ratings go higher. So please, please guys, uh, if you have the time, take the extra 30 seconds. It would mean the world to me if you could please, please, please rate and review. Um, guys, hopefully you were listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. They have 31 podcasts for every NHL team. And, of course, Tales with TR, that's Terry Ryan's podcast. Don't forget Ice Analytics, House of Hockey, the Fourth Line podcast. Guys, something for everybody. Check them out, www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And, of course, on social media, at HockeyPodNet. We are close, close, close to the NHL firing up. I'm really excited. We are just days away. I think one day, actually. Um, who are you guys rooting for? Who do you think is going to win? Leave me a comment on social media. Um, you can check out my website. I'm about to launch a new website, but hockeyheroin.com is there. But the new version is coming shortly. I've been working hard. Uh, it's taking me a lot longer than what I had hoped. Uh, but like I said, I'm putting a lot of time in and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, I hope that there's going to be information on there that you guys can find useful. Again, please, please follow me on social media anywhere at Hockey to Heroin. Also on Instagram at Hockey to Heroin Podcast. Also at Puck Support and a new one at 
pucks and plants. Uh, it is my goal to work with Riley Cote and Hemp Heels Foundation to to teach that Hemp Heels hockey and uh, just the wellness and all of it with the plant medicines and CBD and all of it, guys. I know I've talked about microdosing mushrooms, 19 plus only. Uh, let me share my experience briefly. I feel incredible. Uh, I've even started working out again. I'm getting a lot more done. I'm happier. Uh, like I said, I'm working out. The comeback is very much alive and real and it's happening maxwell mustangs here i come want to go pretty boy anyways guys i hope you're all having a great day i hope you have a great weekend stay safe and you know this episode was proudly brought to you by team issued limited team issued is connecting all walks of life team issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger a community for all striving towards the same goal guys check them out teamissue.ca use promo code toedrag15 to get 15% off your total purchase guys uh, again I'm head to toe team issued actually I got jeans on today but I got my maroon golf shirt with my maroon snapback hat guys they have everything plus their new line ish check it out guys um, very proud to be partner with team issued guys uh, check them out like I said promo code toedrag15 also if you're 19 plus and you're thinking about microdosing mushrooms and only after you've gotten educated and consulted a doctor and some other medical professionals that's my advice um, but if that does happen and you think it's the right decision for you, check out microdosemushrooms.com. You can use promo code H2H25 to get 25% off. Uh, but again, contact a naturopath doctor, guys, 19 plus only. And guys, I will tell this to everybody. CBD is beneficial to everybody of all ages. THC removed. Any inflammatory properties are insane. Uh, guys, I feel incredible too. So thank you to Sovereign Extracts and especially Tanner Wilshop, the Final Shop Podcast, for making it all happen, bringing these great products to me. Guys, check them out at Sovereign Extracts Official on Instagram. Thank you once again so much for listening. Sunday morning is Lincoln's second birthday. Really excited. He's such a cool little dude. I'm so grateful to have had Lee and Lincoln in my life. Uh, as well as Taylor and our little baby girl who's going to be born in October. Um, as well, guys, I haven't seen Brooklyn and Brody uh, in a number of years, uh, but I'm holding on to hope that I'm just continuing to make the right decisions and working hard. One day, uh, we will all be one big happy family, and I know that may be wishful, wishful thinking, um, but I will hold on to hope and keep working towards that goal for as long as I'm breathing. So thank you guys so much. I want to say thank you to the long-distance runners from Newfoundland. The opening song, guys, that is from the intro, Tales with TR, a hockey podcast. The long-distance runners, guys, they are from Newfoundland, like I said. That song is called Sally Ann, guys. I'm going to leave you with that song. So thank you to them. You can check them out on social media and Twitter, guys, and make sure to support their music. I really enjoy this song, and I hope you do as well. Other than that, guys, have a great, great weekend. Remember just to be grateful, and of course, have a great day, if you so choose.
Sometimes you come across a certain girl you find too hard to resist. And she wouldn't make you think twice about smashing some stranger straight in the face with your fist. That's when I heard a voice in my ear, far away somewhere, saying, son, sometimes, sometimes, you gotta turn the other cheek. So that's what I did. Girl. 